Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So we are rapidly approaching WWDC, uh, and it is sort of, it snuck up on me, if I'm honest, where it's like, I felt like it was, oh, it's coming, it's, it's coming in June, it's coming in June, and then all of a sudden it's like, wait, it's the end of May. Yeah. That means, that, that, means, that means the beginning of June is very soon. Yeah. And it's not coming like in the middle of June, it's coming basically no. two seconds after June begins. Yes. It's like, I, 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 when they first announced WWDC, I added, you know, of course, I had to add a, a widget to my home screen that was a countdown to WWDC. <laughs> and as of, of right course. now, as we're recording, it is 11 days, 20 hours um, away from WWDC. Uh, oh my god that's so that's so soon (laughs) so soon (laughs) which is exciting which is um you know which which is a very exciting part of the year i think as a developer i mean this is it's like you know this is the exciting part of the year for me especially as someone who loves using the new using the new technology diving in every year like i i just i look forward to it i block off the whole week this is you know like this is this is in many ways my like workplace christmas this is what i love and so the fact that we're just <laughs> just 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 a few you know, less than two weeks away is is so is super exciting to me this is always the time of the year when i temporarily forget about all the you know bs sides of being an apple developer and i just get really excited about like you know what's what do we have in store for you know as you said workplace christmas morning like you know what's <laughs> what what's gonna you know what's what's going to you know define the next year of features we could we have you know have have available to us or you know even for you know for apps like mine where i have an existing user base that that i you know i can't require all the new stuff yet usually there's at least something i can do for people on the new versions of the os and usually i can use it i can require it usually within a year or two yeah and so it really gives me like a chance you know even you know right now I'm I'm I would say now I'm at the point where I can require iOS 15 and so now I can use all the cool stuff they announced last year all like the async await and you know some of the new UI kit things and Swift UI things and so I'm I'm just very excited to see this stuff because I can usually use it fairly soon and it's you know it it always it kind of tells you you know where things are going you know you might we might get some little hints telegraphed to us about future hardware direction or or future hardware um, platforms even you know if if this is going to be the year for the ar vr kind of stuff uh we might have you know hints of that dropping or an actual announcement um heck maybe we'll get a new home pod you know there's all sorts yeah. of things that you, you know, know. It, it could be big stuff small stuff you know there, there's so much um you know that, that could be announced on the potential hardware front maybe a mac pro uh that would be you know this would be a very likely event to have that be announced at um or it could also it could be no hardware and it can be all software which it sometimes is and even that is usually exciting because frankly for developers the software side usually is more relevant and usually uh has a greater impact to our apps and our businesses because usually the software side is where we can find new markets um, because you know new hardware markets are much less common <laughs> um so yeah so it's it's always a fun thing and you know it's it, and and I, it, they're they're doing the you know mostly remote thing this year which as i've said in in previous episodes i'm a big fan of the way they've been doing the remote conference the last couple of years i think it's great and it's better for almost everyone for in almost every way um but now they're also doing this in person thing uh for a much smaller group uh actually in cupertino um at apparently at the new developer center which is that's a new thing so you know even if we don't have like you know new 
uh, new exciting hardware, we at least have a, a new exciting venue, <laughs> and, and you know, and whatever that you know, we don't really know much about this developer center yet. We don't know like what kind of you know ongoing c- capabilities is this thing going to have. Um, you know what? You know what's going to be here. You know why are they pushing so hard to have this event in person this year? Uh, you know th- those are all open questions, and the answers are probably uh, pretty pretty exciting in some cases. Uh, you know, so I'm uh, looking forward to it. Really, yeah. No, me too. And I think the the structure and format Apple seems to have like they they the first year worked the first year went amazing in terms of the virtual format, and I think they refined it and kind of perfected it last year. Like I think I had very few c- sort of critiques or problems that I had from my experience last year. And I think I expect in many ways this year will be very much the same for the majority of people. And even for people for whom they will be taking part, you know, taking part in the in-person part of it, their experience is going to be in many ways, the same experience from a content perspective as just the world at large. Like it truly is in that way, like a worldwide developers conference. Like it is um, very much going to be the, you know, the content, it's just sort of, it's probably good just in case this is your first WBDC to get a sense of kind of what's probably going to happen. It's like on Monday, they're going to have a keynote where they'll have a, you know, it sounds like there'll be a pre-recorded video that's, you know, released or or started to started to be streamed at, I think it's 10 a.m. Pacific um, on the Monday. Then that'll sort of lay the groundwork for what's coming uh, in the the next developer year. Um, And then there'll be a break for lunch. And then in the afternoon, there'll be the developer state of the union, which is essentially the same thing, but at a much lower level. So it's talking about rather than the original keynote is the thing that anybody can watch that it's intended to be a public event. Whereas the state of the union, anyone could watch it technically in terms of its, I think it's just streamed publicly on developer.apple.com, but it's not intended for them. It's intended for a technical audience to really get a sense of when we, when we said this new feature is coming, these are the libraries, these are the frameworks, this is the, the direct, the technical direction of it. Um, then I think at the end of the evening is the Apple design awards. And then from then out, the week looks fairly similar day to day sort of tuesday through friday there'll be a collection of videos that gets dropped every uh every every morning that will be sort of relevant to the new technology there'll be a schedule to sign up for labs and design reviews and those kind of touch points and um it kind of just goes from there there's a thing there's the things where they do digital lounges i think it was last year they called them where they had kind of these sort of temporary chat rooms where they would talk about a particular topic and take questions. Um, and I mean, obviously I'm just basing this on the last two years, but I think all the indications from the documentation seems to be that that's, it's a similar kind of a pattern. And I think as someone who really enjoyed that and got a lot out of it in the last few years, I think the few things I'd say is it's, it's a good thing to make, you know, the degree to which you can make time this week to, take advantage of the opportunities that as they present themselves, like the labs um, are only, you know, they're, they're not, they've had a few labs throughout the year um, with their new kind of tech talk process, but being able to talk to an Apple, an Apple engineer about a particular problem, about something that you're running into. If you see something new that you're not quite sure how it works, or if you want to like, I mean, often what I found is super helpful is there's some new thing that you're excited about quickly prototype something and then book a lab with that team to be like, this is what I'm doing. Am I doing it right? Like you could take really take advantage of that because those, that opportunity just disappears at, you know, at, at whatever, at 5 PM Pacific on Friday, like the door closes on those labs and who knows when they'll be opened again. So I'd say take advantage of that. And 
I think beyond that too is it's just use it as a week to to learn and to grow and to to the degree to which you are able to put it put aside your your other developer work you know if if you're able to not do any kind of other sort of more admin stuff or you know it's not it's not a week to be working on bug fix updates to your app that aren't pressing and urgent it's it's a week to focus on 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 WWDC on what you can learn and that's just you know from from my experience you can get a lot out of it and for me having a really productive WWDC sets me up really well for the rest of the year because it lets me hit the ground running in June to be working on these new features, working on these new apps. You know, I think I've, you know, I, the number of times where I've built an app between WWDC and September 1st, you know, it's, 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 it's in the, in the many dozens and set, having a productive WDC where I feel like I really got, you know, got out every, every bit of, every bit of an advantage I could from fully engaging into it has, has, has really paid off for me. So I would encourage anybody who has the ability and the time to do that, like, it's worthwhile to do. And, and then, you know, you just go through that process and then every day that, 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 that'll repeat. And you just, you know, don't, don't feel like you need to watch every video. Don't feel like you need to attend every lab, but find the things that are exciting to you and follow that excitement, I think is the best advice the, that I could give. Yeah. I like that because, you know, th- again, like this is, this is a rare opportunity that what we have, like this is the only week of the year or the only few days of the year uh, when some of these things are available to us. And so, yeah, take advantage. Like, I'm doing, I've been doing a lot of server work this last couple of uh, weeks, and I'm really trying very hard to have that all done <laughs> because yeah. the last thing I want to be doing in the middle of WBC is like, oh, I have this PHP issue I have to fix on my server. Sure. It's like, that's the last thing I want to be thinking about at that, at that moment, you know? It is unlikely PHP is going to be a major focus of WWDC this year. <laughs> it's like, while we can't know that we can't know anything for sure, I think I would not put PHP on my bingo card. Uh, yeah. That seems, that's, <laughs> Seems pretty unlikely. That seems like a safe bet. <laughs> All right, we are brought to you this time by SourceGraph. So you've hired a brilliant developer. That's great. But now you have to get them onboarded. If your company's growing, onboarding new developers will be a common occurrence, but it's a big undertaking each time. One of the biggest challenges for new hires is to get them up to speed with the project their new team is working on. This can be tricky if the code bases your developers are working on are already really big. Thankfully, SourceGraph makes it easy to move quickly, even in those big code bases. Developers know that knowledge is most useful when it's findable. Centralization is helpful. But given the fact that most companies store knowledge in at least two different locations, how do you make knowledge accessible to those that need it? As a code intelligence platform, SourceGraph gives developers what they need to drive their own learning over time and in different situations. Teams without SourceGraph need to rely on asking colleagues or reviewing out-of-date documentation, which is cumbersome and time-consuming. But with SourceGraph, every developer can search across millions of repositories to find specific code, saving time for themselves and everyone else. So when questions do come up, you know it's the big stuff that's worthy of the extra time. SourceGraph was created to make developers' lives easier, and today they work with leading companies across every industry, including three out of the five of the top tech companies, plus PayPal, Uber, Plaid, GE, Reddit, Atlassian, and more. Visit about.sourcegraph.com to learn more. That's about.sourcegraph.com to find out why some of the biggest tech companies in the world use SourceGraph and to see what it can do for your company. Or just click the link in the show notes to let them know that you heard about them from us. Once again, about.sourcegraph.com. Our thanks to SourceGraph for their support of this show and Relay FM. So I think something that is a, a traditional thing for podcasters to do in the in the run up to WBDC is to put together a wish list, put together a kind of their the wish casting of oh what do we expect, what would we like to see, or um, 
pulling, you know, you see blog posts like this just sort of spring up everywhere this in the next week or so. And I think it's, it's when I, this is not going to be one of those, but I think I've been thinking a lot about those and about the, um, in some ways I've heard from, I wonder if from within at Apple, like there's a sense of frustration where you have these, like, it's like the time to ask for something, the time to wish for something was not the week before is whatever's going to be announced. The, the, the time to ask for it was a year ago when it could have actually been worked on and changed. Um, because I think the more I've been doing, you know, sort of work with Apple, the more I get a sense of they are just a, like an intentional and patient company to a degree that I, th- I think very few are that they are okay with things taking as long as they need rather than feeling like they need to rush anything out or force something that there's very little sense of that sort of outside urgency driving their decision making it seems much more it is an internal desire to deliver something that's good and quality and solid as like that's the driving focus and so i imagine the things that are being developed yeah, announced at wbdc in you know in a, in a, in 2 weeks those things have been worked on for years and committed to years ago. And it's kind of, it's got to be the strangest thing to be working inside of Apple where you like, they're used to living in the future, essentially. Whereas we see this now, but it, be, it started as a project or, and it, you know, it started as something years and years ago. And I think, hey, I really appreciate that as a developer, that I feel like very, the majority of the things that Apple ships at WWDC, maybe not beta one, but by the end, and by the end of that summer, are very solid, well thought out realizations of develop um, from a developer perspective of developer features. That the API is solid; it doesn't typically change. Usually, it is a reasonable thing to dive into and start to use. And if it's gotten to the point that Apple thinks it's worthy of being shipped and announced at WWDC, it's going to stick around. It's so rare that Apple ships something and then you know a year later it gets. Screen you know, completely deprecated and and sent away. Like if they if they've gotten to the point that they're going to put put it put it out publicly, there's a certain commitment that they're making to us to say, hey, this is going to stick around. And that patience, I think, is just really interesting. And I think something that if you then start to really pay attention, you can start to. It's like making a prediction, not so not not coming from a place of like a wish list, which is not really a prediction. It's just like the things I would like, you know. I mean, and some of these are just silly. Where it's like, I would love for when I connect my phone to Xcode, it doesn't download watch symbols. I don't know why it does this, but it's been doing it for the last few months in Xcode, and it drives me crazy. But like, hopefully, that's a bug that's going to be fixed in iOS four in Xcode fourteen. Like, great. That's a wish I can have. But in terms of technology, you'll see, you know, for me, I think about widgets or something. And it's like, what are the things they could do there? And it's like, there's any number of things to do there. But rather than just like wishing and thinking about it, I could think, are there technologies or things that they've been building over the last year? Or like, what did we see last year that would inform what might come next year? And it's like, I would see last, you know, in, in last year's, um, announcements, for example, I think of like the timeline view stuff in SwiftUI, where Apple has created a, a mech, a sort of a constrained uh, mechanism by which they, you can provide a live timeline of content that updates on a schedule that the system controls. That's interesting. I wonder why you could use that. And you could imagine it for dynamic widgets or like dynamic complications. There's lots of situations where having a technology like this watch faces, watch faces. Well, let's let's not let's not let's not push our luck there, Marco. I mean, I could have <laughs> said watch faces. 
I'm just going to go with complications now. No, I'm, I'm going to say this is the year of Linux on the desktop. I mean, watch faces. Because <laughs> I'm going to say, you know, because, you know, Mark Irvin said there's big changes coming to watchOS, but no one seems to know what those changes are. Uh, sure. So, hey, maybe, maybe it's custom watch I, faces. I would love it. I mean, I that would be, I, I, I don't, I, you know, it's like the, it's like, I, unfortunately, I'm not sure you're, they're going to be, you know, it's, it's, it's like, if you were next to me when that was announced, I think the sound I would make is such that you would likely need to cover your ears because it is, <laughs> I would just explode with joy if, if custom watch faces were coming to watch OS. But for now, I will predict d- uh, dynamic complications powered by time, timeline view. That's, yeah. that, that's, that, that's the degree to which. And I think that's the kind of feature where it's like, I can see them laying the groundwork potentially for that now in that technology and it's not like it's something i would love to be able to do it's a you know i wish i have but i feel like that's the kind of bet where it's betting on betting on them laying the groundwork testing that out it makes a lot of sense for the always on display stuff sure but it also would make a ton of sense to have a way to rather than the current system for complications having a system that was a bit more dynamic or a bit more you know lively and if that was the case like that would be amazing and i would love it and so like it's a different, but it's a different kind of, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a different kind of prediction or a different kind of wish, wish casting. If you think about it, what have they done in the past that informs the choices or the things that are wise to wish for in the future? My realistic, uh, guesses on what they might do in, in an area like that would be more like, yeah, maybe making, making complications and widgets a little bit more dynamic or giving them a little bit more capabilities. My, my wish casting version is give me a custom watch face already. But it's interesting, like, sure. you know, as, as I look forward, you know, I guess this, this could be considered our predictions episode slightly, um, you know, as I look forward uh, and think about, like, you know, what do I want on all these on all of Apple's platforms? What I want most is, you know, major advances in the watch, mainly because that's where we need the most help. Like the watch, it still holds me back so much. Like I, I still want to do so many more things in the watch that require abilities that we just don't have there because it's such a constrained environment because you know relative to everything else it's it's the smallest platform it's the least the least um you know power available platform and it's it's in in, i think in most ways the the youngest platform of all these things that we're doing um and so there's the most to be had there whereas like on the mac you know first of all i'm not really much of a mac developer uh, but on the mac like things barely move like you know occasionally they redesign the ui to make things a little bit better in some ways a little bit worse in other ways but for the most part you know the mac doesn't really move that much so i don't really know what to expect or what to, or what to hope for there ios is its own beast you know ios they it's such a massive platform that the opportunity that they can create with ios changes is huge However, it's also an older and more mature platform, and there aren't very many limits left on iOS that I'm that I'm really butting up against any reasonable way in a way that they would actually ever change. You know, there's, there's things that people want, you know, want like side loading and stuff like that. Um, but for the most part, like like actual like system level capabilities, API capabilities, um, you know, various software abilities that we have, there's not much that I wish for there. You know, whatever we get, I'm I'm usually happy to get. Um, but it's not like I'm dying to have anything in particular. And so on iOS, I think what makes what makes the biggest difference to most developers uh, are things like tooling and low level framework changes where, you know, we don't we're not really hoping for, oh, I need this. There's this one kind of app I just can't make because I don't have the right hooks in the system or, you know, or they won't, you know, this one resource limit is too low or whatever. I need, I need to, you know, need to have them raise that. No, on iOS, it's mostly like, hey, can you make 
you know, fewer reasons that I need to reboot my entire Mac to fix an Xcode to phone connection problem. Like you were saying, like I would love whatever like background demons in, in Mac OS are required to talk to an iOS device and and uh, or or a watch OS device through an iOS device. I would love to never have to reboot my Mac for any development reason except a software update. Like I would, like I should not have to reboot my Mac to get my phone to properly connect to it. So hey, let's build all those demons into Xcode so that when you quit Xcode, it functions the same as rebooting the Mac if in the in that. Uh, area you know that would be great you know and it's tooling things like that it's like hey let's make swift ui tooling and error messages better you know improvements to you know the swift language the compiler um, improvements to ui kit and the low level frameworks uh you know and foundation like that kind of thing that matters more to most ios developers at this point because we're not waiting on some massive wall to be knocked down in the platform itself Whereas, you know, other other things like watchOS, we're constantly, you know, watchOS is basically a, a tiny little city of walls. And we're, we would love to, <laughs> them to just knock down any of them. It would make a huge difference to us. Like, I still don't have reliable downloads to the watch. Like, background URL downloads, they work sometimes. Uh, but they I can't make them work reliably. And I constantly get requests from people saying, hey, why are my downloads failing on the watch? And I, I can't I can't tell them a good reason. You know, and like that kind of stuff, you know, we've had that kind of stuff solved in iOS for years. And so, you know, it's, it's a very different kind of anticipation between these platforms. Not to mention the fact that if we, if we actually have the possibility of a new platform, like if, if the, you know, AR, VR kind of thing, if that is real and happens this year, um, and especially if it happens at this event or if there's some kind of preview at this event, well, then we have a whole new platform that's going to be also probably very constrained at first. And we're going to have to figure out, all right, within these little narrow walls that we have here, what can we do? And then that's going to be a whole different area of what can we hope for in the future for future walls to be knocked down, et cetera. So it, there's all these different dynamics with the different platforms. But uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because in, in every case, uh, usually it helps me in some way. You know, either I have a new capability I didn't have before or, you know, tooling gets better and that kind of makes everything better. Yeah. And I think to your point, I think there's something interesting when you think about the variance between platforms, how in the same way that there often be a new technology that's introduced one year that is kind of manifests itself in different, more concrete ways the following year. I feel like very often you can see technologies spreading out from platform to platform and that what Apple is doing on one platform, it can inform and kind of give you a sense of what potentially might be happening in subsequent years. And so I think of, you know, widgets um, on the iPad in the first year when they appeared there were very similar to the way that widgets are currently in macOS, where they were constrained to being in the notification center or in the today view in on the iPad. Now the next year, they, they were freed from that. And they're on the iPad, you could now put widgets anywhere you want on your home screen. And I would not be at all surprised if in the next version of the Mac, we have widgets on your desktop that if they've moved, you know, so following that same progression that um, we see there. And I think there is a similarity when I think of, say, like, you know, an, a new platform, some AR, VR thing that's widely rumored or whatever that looked like. Like, I think in some ways the experience of going from iOS to watchOS would inform the way that I would approach that platform and potentially how Apple would structure that platform. Um, and even in, like, you could imagine things that are almost sort of comically similar, where initially apps in this platform, there's a good chance they'll be hosted and managed a lot, to a large degree on the iPhone and projected or manifested onto the device um, 
you know, in, in, in a way, which is exactly what, what, you know, watchOS one apps were like. And there's problems with that. There's things we had to learn. <laughs> oh, I issues. hope they learned those problems. <laughs> oh, sure. But it's, I think there, it's just interesting to look back and see that like the, that kind of a pattern of something growing over time is, yeah, those kind of things become much more consistent. And I think in many ways, the development experience on a platform like that might be similar to a watch where it's more resource constrained, more power constrained, has a different kind of screen dynamic and interaction model, connectivity model, whatever those things look like. And, you know, in some ways, one of the reasons I always try and develop for every one of Apple's platforms is that I feel like it prepares me to be a, you know, sort of to be fluent in the direction Apple is going such that if a new opportunity presents itself, whether it's a new platform or it's a new technology, I can take advantage of it if I choose to. And I feel like the work on the watch that I've done, I enjoy it. I love working on the watch. It's my favorite platform to develop with. And, but it's also really constrained and difficult, which is probably why I like it so much. And, but I feel like the work there is a great way to prepare for a future platform that is, you know, in, in any, any new, any new thing that's pushing the limit technically is going to be necessarily resource constrained. It's going to necessarily have APIs that are less permissive, are going to be less, um, sort of, are going to be, have more guardrails up to make sure that you're not getting yourself in trouble. And so it's, yeah, it's an interesting thing where they, the platforms often lead from one to the other. And I feel like iOS is where things begin and then they just kind of expand out to iPadOS, watchOS and macOS kind of out from there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to all of this. You know, this is, it's always, as I said, it's always exciting, you know, and, yeah. and I, I also wonder, you know, going back to the conference a little bit, like this might be the way they do all future WBCs. Like, they might never go back to a large conference center again. Like this, what we see in a week or Jesus, it's really soon. (laughs) What we see in like a week and a half. It's um, days and 19 hours. Yeah. Right. Like this might be the first of the new WDCs that this is just the way they're always done. Um, And so I'm just, I'm very, very excited to see this. Um, And, and I, I really am looking forward to, to all this stuff you know this is again this is a fun time of year this is a time of year where i you know again i put aside all of the like you know app store politics side of everything for a couple of weeks so we can really dive into this stuff and really enjoy it and i'm looking forward to uh you know seeing where this can bring my app um you know different again like software improvements usually are the most exciting Uh, tooling improvements again this is these are areas where these affect our everyday lives for a while and occasionally there's a cost to bear you know sometimes whatever they announce uh sometimes put some kind of burden on us like when they announced you know the ios 7 oh now there's a system-wide redesign that we have to adapt all of our apps to or when they added dark mode support well now we have we all have to do dark mode like there's there's things like that there's there's costs placed on us sometimes to that we have to you know do to keep up with the platforms to keep up with the market uh, but usually the benefits that they introduce usually are are larger. Uh, and some years there are no costs. So it's great. Like I mean, some years you kind of get a freebie. Um, so ultimately, um, this is this is an exciting time. And I'm, I'm really happy to uh, be here. It kind of feels like, you know, the, the beginning of, I've talked in the past, like the beginning of the new year for Apple. Like this is this is our new developer year. And this is going to define everything we have to do for the next year or so. And, uh, and usually it's pretty exciting. Yeah, and I, and I think enthusiasm this in the week of WDC, at least in my experience, pays off. To it, it reminds me in a weird way of going to an amusement park or going to Disneyland or going to Disney World or go, doing something where there's a, an element of kind of like pretend, it's like sort of pretending in a certain way that everything's great. 
not to ignore or hide from the realities of, you know, like being an iOS developer can be complicated. You know, be, being an independent developer can be very complicated. But this week, for these five days, trying to focus just on the good, just on the positive, on what's new, what's exciting, that I have found to be so powerful in terms of motivation, in terms of helping me have a reset, in terms of, you know, the nature of being an independent developer is not always you know, shiny and rosy. Sometimes it's really complicated and complicated. And I, I, I look forward to that enthusiasm to say to myself, it's WDC. Let's do this. Let's get excited. Let's get hyped for it. And for the week, really just believe that focus on it. There'd be time to, there'll be time for sort of broader introspection. There's a time to, uh, see, you know, if it's like to focus on the things that are potentially more, more challenging or drawbacks, but this is a week to be excited, to use that excitement to get, be really productive. Like I'm, I, I, the amount of code I can write in WDC versus a normal week is just, it's shocking because I'm excited because it's interesting. It's exploratory. And I just, you know, I think for the best, it's like, I just would encourage anybody who can to hold on to that excitement, to get excited for it, to let yourself be, it's like, let yourself be a kid again. Like be, let yourself just enjoy it. And as a result, you get the reward of setting yourself up for a really positive year where you can take advantage of the opportunities this week and be set up in an excited, motivated way to dive into whatever the next year looks like. And you never know, you know, like some years there's, there's not a lot for you. Some years there's, there's a ton for you. You know, you never know when you're going to sit down and start writing an app the, the week after WBDC that ends up just completely exploding that following September. Like, who knows? It could happen. I can, I can, I can yeah. say from experience, it's yeah. like, it can happen. And that, that it's like that, that experience starts at WWDC. This is the week to kind of, that, that all that begins. They should hire you on the evangelism team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, 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 I, I mean, I guess that's what I'm doing right now. It's like, I just yeah, do it right. in a different way. I'll just do it on this side of the street rather than that side of the street. Yeah. I, they, I mean, they might be a little bit busy right now anyway. So that's right. They might. <laughs> all right. Thank you everybody for listening and we will talk to you at WBDC in uh, two weeks. Sounds great.